Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Bigfoot Club. Robert Jesse Dominguez, Ash Tucker, Chris Collins, Stephen Robert Dominguez, Earl the Earl Kennedy. Believe in us. Believe in Bigfoot Club because we are too sweet. Hey everybody, Robert Jesse Dominguez, Bigfoot Club. Season 2, episode 23. Uh, I'm by myself today, but I have a really special guest in today, and I'm really excited about it. And this is uh, uh, my brother, uh, Richard E. Dominguez. Richard, say hello to everybody. Hey, Robert. How's it going? Good, good, good. Uh, so normally normally I have like two co-hosts, but uh, today we're just changing it up because I – I was trying to, we're, we're, you know, we're trying to get the schedules up in line so we could, we could do this. And I know it was kind of tough. So, so it's just going to be me today. All right. So I know, um, since you're, you know, everybody knows I, I, you know, I brag about you a lot. You're, you're my older brother and, uh, you're a creator of El Gato Negro. And I tell that everybody that all the time. So, um, I just want to get because I I know all the I know how you got started, but you know not everybody not everybody knows that. So, um, you wanna you wanna touch on that really quick how how you got started and what you know what got you started in uh, being an artist and creator and and writer and all that. Well, first of all, bro, um, thank you for inviting me to your awesome show. Thank you, appreciate you know, so it. <laughs> Yeah, and, and, and it will soon skyrocket after this interview. I, I, I think it will. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, first of all, I'll, I'll say in, in, in trying to in a nutshell how I got influenced on that. Uh, before you were born, right? Uh, you know, mom and dad used to, to take us, you know, uh, uh, older siblings over to our grandmother's house in West Dallas mm-hmm. and uh, would drop us off there when they, whenever they needed to work. So our, uh, our, our mother's, uh, our siblings are there, our, our young aunts and uncles used to look after us. And, uh, and I was like around, oh, maybe about maybe five or six at the time. And I would wander off into our, our uncle, our uncle's room. You know, and well, they both shared, but we had two uncles uh, at that time. Uh, our mom had two younger brothers mm-hmm. and, uh, I would wander in there and I, I stumbled upon these uh, cardboard box full of comics. And uh, they were from DC and Marvel back in the early 60s. Uh-huh. And, uh, and it had, you know, the, the, the Spider-Man Steve Ditko's and the Jack Kirby's Fantastic Fours. And, and of course, you know, they have your DC, you know, Batman and Superman at that time. And I would, some of them had covers, some of them you know, had were pretty much beat up. Yeah. And I would spread, I would spread all the comics that all, you know, over the, our uncle's bed. And I would just look at them. You know, I wasn't reading them at that time. I was just fascinated by the artwork. Yeah. 
And sometimes, you know, and then our uncles would come out there and they'd bust me and say, hey, what are you doing in our room, you little twerp? Get out of here. <laughs> and they would drive me out of there. And uh, our grandmother would say, you know, in, in Spanish, you know, um, déjalo, déjalo, you know, and, and just give them one book, you know. Yeah. They would give me the ones without the cover. <laughs> and uh, it sounds like them. And that was a start. I mean, yeah. that was something. But that was a start, and I got hooked from there. And then uh, they knew that I had the interest in of that book. They used to take me to that uh, West Dallas uh, drugstore uh, that was right next to uh, Clyde Barrow's father's gas station in West Dallas. Wow! And uh, would introduce me to that. You know, I see uh, that. Drugstore that had that uh, the, the comic section there, which was a squeaky little spin rack that says, "Hey kids, look comics." Yeah, and, uh, and I would see that, but a plethora of comic books with um, books with all you know written by those who had great imaginations, and and I was hooked to that too. But you know, it didn't take away from who I am and where I came from, right. because our grandfather. Um, also introduced me into uh, uh, Mexican luchador comics, which was known as fotonovelas. Uh, uh, okay. Uh, they had that El Santo and Blue Demon comic books and then and their adventures. There were photos, but they were, you know, like plastered on into uh, panels that, in comic book format with word balloons, of course, in Spanish and everything, and they would have their adventures fighting villains and vampires and and mad scientists with robots and you know so uh it, it, it i kind of stuck to it yeah i was reading mostly uh the dc and marbles and, and everything but i would see and said how hey how come they never have any latino yeah. superheroes yeah <laughs> you know growing up that and you know and then our uncles used to take us to the jefferson uh boulevard uh, drive-in where they would see, you know, movies about uh, El Santo and Blue Demon. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, at that time, so I grew up with all that and with all that adventures and and uh, wanted to know, hey, I wanted to create my own Latino comic book superhero. And and I, uh, as I grew older, I was drawing at that time. Mm -hmm. and I discovered that I had a talent to draw and uh, was trying to submit my stuff to both DC and Marvel, which, you know, I was rejected by all that. I don't have their rejection letters anymore, you know, because I never could find a way to store them yeah. at that time. And then I did remember having one letter from Steve Ditko, uh, the co-creator of Spider-Man. Did you yeah. really? And, wow. uh, yeah, yes, because I was trying to, uh, at that time, I was trying to get him to see if he could, uh, uh, do the pencils on, on in the original EGN at that time. Oh, that would have been and great. That would have been great. Well, I sent him some books, and he was very flattered by it. He said, "Hey, you, 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 you go somewhere with this. You know, I know it." But he was at that time. He was very busy with Valiant. Yeah. At that time, he 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 quit both DC and Marvel and started doing freelance, and out of his own apartment in New York. But. Uh, but that's another story on there. But going back to that, I attended, uh, you know, uh, junior high, uh, was still reading comics. I was making my own comics back then. And uh, 
coming up with my own weird characters and selling them for a dime, you know, the, one of those things where you put them in notebook paper yeah. and staple it, you know, and it comes out to be like a little easy eight pager. And uh, so I was still had that, that bug in me. Yeah. The ink was flowing, flowing in my, in my bloodstream. And uh, by the time I got to high school, I, um, at Skyline High School, I took a course in commercial arts to uh, pursue my art career. And there I, I uh, was introduced to uh, my instructor there, uh, Bud Norton Hemmendinger, who was a student of Bern Hogarth. Now, Bern Hogarth was a, uh, the illustrator of the Tarzan comic strip back in the 1920s and 30s. Mm. And uh, he, uh, Bud Norton, introduced me to a book at Bern, you know, a series of books that he, he uh, put together. It was called uh, Dynamic uh, Anatomy. And when he saw what I could do, he goes, hey, I want, I want to introduce you to these books, and this will help you with your, your superhero anatomy. So uh, to this day, I still hung on to those books because to me, they're like the Bible of comic book uh, drawings. Right, and and I, I and I bought the series of books, and he even, Bud Norton even introduced me to him back in the early '90s when uh, Bern Hogarth became a guest in one of the Dallas uh, fantasy fairs. There, but um, I guess I'm going ahead, uh, you know, too much ahead of what I'm what I'm getting to, what of, of how I created El Gato Negro. Right, uh, but uh, it was until. Uh, when I was attending uh, junior college, I was East Oak College back in the uh, late 80s, early 80s, I believe, and I was doing sketches uh, when I should have been studying up there in, in one of those lecture halls. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, I think I got a good grade out of that class. Uh, <laughs> I was yeah. doing sketches when I was, should be listening to the teacher while he gives his lectures. Yeah, uh, Sketches of some ideas that I had, you know and superheroes that I was coming up with with a Latino uh, flair to it. And I came up with one that uh, was sort of influenced from Batman, uh, The Shadow, Daredevil, Nightwing, mm -hmm. uh, The Spirit, Will Eisner's The Spirit, and everything, and kind of all combined and all together. And I was also into those urban superheroes, those with no superpowers. Uh, that fight crime in the streets, you know, because they're they're to me they're like the real superheroes who who uh, go out there and fight crime and knowing that they're going to get killed any any day, you know, because they're not bulletproof. And so those were the kind of superheroes that I really enjoyed and uh, adore. And and with that, I did a mixture of what I grew up with with you know American superhero mixed up mixed with some lucha libre. Uh, you know, uh, Mexican comics, and I form it together, season it just right, and came up with uh, El Gato Negro. And, um, and sort of a motif of, of Batman, since Batman's character was now, uh, he uses the bat to, to scare the criminals because they were, you know, cowardly, superstitious, and, yeah. and everything. And I did the black cat because. I did the black cat because uh, uh, he brings bad luck to those who do evil. I like that. And, I've, always, I've always liked that. Yeah. So. 
Yeah, yeah. So, and uh, so he, and, and uh, I used the storyline to where his grandfather was the original El Gato Negro, a mm-hmm. Mexican man's luchador, uh, who, uh, who was an adventurer on the side. And he used the black hat motif to bring bad luck to those who enter the ring with him. And, and then, so he was popular, not as popular as El Santo, but. He was probably popular uh, like locally, right? Yeah, locally, you know, I based him in South Texas, uh, which has a very large uh, Hispanic uh, population there. And he fought crime there. And then he, um, you know, retired from it and passed down the mantle to his grandson, uh, who became the uh, present-day Gato Negro. And, uh, and I, I uh, debuted him back in October of 1993. And, uh, and from what I, what I heard from uh, most retail store owners back then in the early 90s, that uh, my book sold faster than any X-Men title at that time. <laughs> I believe, and I, uh, and I and I printed out only five thousand. I had a budget for only to print out five thousand books, yeah. and within a month, it was all gone. It, it sold out. Uh, the distributors uh, picked it up pretty quick. It was I was picked up by two distributors, which distributed nationwide, and, yeah. and they were gone. They were gone within a month. You know that. So when then I was coming up with issue two. That's when the comic book industry was hitting turmoil. Um, both the big two, DC and Marvel, were trying to, well, and they succeeded too in, in monopolizing the, the industry by buying the distri- distributors so they can be only exclusive for them. And made it hard for the uh, indies like myself, small companies like, like myself do, and I've known some people who had their own books, their own comic book companies that went belly up before they, their first issue ever hit the, the newsstands. So um, that says I kind of like yeah, that actually says a lot okay. about your character and your durability on how you're you still keeping it going. So yeah, yeah. Well, I was uh, really persistent because I really believed in my character. And uh, so what at that time, what I did was just folded my arms and waited for the dust to settle. Some of them were pursued, you know, pursued it, and, and they died off. And uh, and what kept me alive was the internet at that time. And uh, I, so I sold the internet and comic book conventions. That's what sold. That's how I was able to stay alive on there. And then with uh, just pursuing, I kind of left the industry back in '97. At that time. But uh, once a comic book creator, always a comic book creator. I couldn't stay away from from uh, the game too long, and it wasn't until two thousand, I said two thousand five, that I came up with a reboot of the character called. I titled it El Gato Negro Nocturnal Warrior, and uh, so I had the assistance of uh, Michael Moore, who is now a a very successful uh, film director, uh, filmmaker. Uh, he was at that time was my writer, and he uh, helped me with the reboot on the character, and uh, and hired uh, an artist there by the name of Efren Molina, 
who uh, did the pencils in, uh, in sort of a dark, dark style. It was more, more like uh, Mike McNola's Hellboy. I've read that one, and I and I read either you know that I love his stuff. Yeah. When I saw that, I said, "Man, I I loved it." So it's it's good stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He really is good. Yeah, and uh, but he's out there. He he he's now retired. He's now, he's living out over there in, in Kaufman, Texas. Um, I didn't know that. He, yeah, he's out there. Um, you know, working with horses. So. Um, but uh, and then he does a little painting on the side. But uh, man, can that guy drink tequila? <laughs> so, but uh, I was I was uh, I was going to ask you, and un- unless you want to, no, well, you know, we, uh, we keep in touch. You know, I, I keep in touch with him on Facebook. Yeah, you no, know, so but uh, he's 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 all right. You know, <laughs> but uh, uh, I let him be. You know, he just likes to tend to his horses and drinks tequila. Just 
wear some plain clothes. I said, ah, that's not good enough. So yeah. I said, I've got to, I got to look like a priest. So I, I was so much into the church at that time that I knew, I went to the seminary and, and knew these young men who uh, had the calling yeah. to, of the priesthood. And I asked them, hey, uh, do you guys happen to have a spare priest outfit? You know, you know, they go, hey, as a matter of fact, they, they look in the closet here and they had a whole bunch of love. How about this one? This one fits you? Perfect. <laughs> That's so and funny. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and uh, so I dressed up as the part and uh, I really liked the character, you know, uh, uh, Father Dominguez. I decided to put him in the uh, the EGN storyline in there. So uh, you'll be able to see more of uh, Father Dominguez in future issues. Nice. I so, like that. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so he entered it. He entered it in a couple of film festivals uh, up in New York, New York, and I believe in, in L.A. as well. But um, Michael did a really awesome job uh, on there. It was a funny thing on there when he told me to start packing my part with uh, the little girl who uh, uh, was also in in there. She was like, uh, I guess, one of the characters in there that. Uh, that focus around her in there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was uh, supposed to speak Spanish to her, but she refused to speak Spanish in her part. But I said, well, just go ahead and speak Spanish. And uh, Michael told me, go ahead and, and, you know, this is going to be your lines. And then when I started shooting, I started saying my lines in Spanish. And then Michael goes, uh, Richard, uh, I didn't say action. <laughs> 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 that was my first blooper. Yeah, yeah. Hey man, I, so, I'd, I'd probably do the same thing too. I'd, I'd be nervous. Yeah, yeah. It's nervous, you know. So uh, it it was all good, you know. But uh, all in all, you know, you do, you know, all actors do many takes on that. So we did the take again, and, and it came out really good on that. So I don't know if you, you were able to see it. Uh, uh, any parts uh, that Michael has on there. And he gave me a copy of the CD uh, on there, so uh, we're able to play it several times here for my family here. But uh, it was uh, in later on in 2017, I also got another call uh, from uh, Joe Novia, who is the uh, director He's a filmmaker director, and he directed several episodes of Arrow, and uh, for the for the WC. Yeah, WC. Yeah, and, I watched that show. So. Yeah, and he he was the one who also he did the debut uh, of uh, of Deathstroke okay. on there in that episode, and that and I and I was told that it was one of the best episodes of the Arrow series. Yes, on there when Deathstroke uh, appeared in there. Uh, well, apparently, Joel had been a big fan of EGN, and uh, and he uh, said that he always wanted to make a movie about it, so he was trying to get a hold of me through Facebook, and at that time, uh, I, I'm living in, in uh, Luxembourg, and that was my first year there, and uh, as a matter of fact, I'm still living here, so uh, just to let uh, the fans know, hey, I'm in Europe. Yeah. You know, so. <laughs> but 
uh, he approached me through Facebook and I responded and he said that he's been looking all over for me because he wanted to make a movie about EGN. So really he said, yeah, so uh, we're not, you know, help, he helped me get an agent and, uh, to try to pitch the idea, you know, to several uh, uh, film companies and mm-hmm. everything. And then it was um, MGM, Andrew Midman, uh, that, at that time, contacted me personally and was interested in EGM. And uh, so I uh, introduced him to Joe, who uh, at that time wanted to represent me. So he did. Uh, and he believed in the character. So he was in the West Coast as well as MGM was. And so he was able to meet with them and, uh, and uh, FaceTime me through from Luxembourg uh-huh. to, in order to make the deal go on from there. And, uh, and found an actor to uh, uh, portray the character who was very much interested in it, uh, uh, Diego Banera, who uh, just came out in what, uh, one of the Terminator movies. Okay. Uh, on there. And uh, also uh, came out in Jane the Virgin. And, and also, well, he's also now doing the Luis Miguel, uh, I guess, the story of his life on through Netflix. Right. I, have, I, hadn't, I don't think I've seen any of those. Uh, but I, okay. I'll, make, I'll make a way to do it because um, I, I, do, I do think he's a good fit for. Uh, you know the character. Oh, I believe so. So yes, I believe so. He he truly believes in the character, and, and he feels like that he can uh, bring him to life on there. So uh, and then uh, the next thing I knew that uh, uh, Robert Rodriguez uh, is going to be set to um, direct the pilot of, oh. of El Negro. So. This was the, I guess it was the the cherry on top of the cake here. Man, because I always wanted big big fan of of Robert. Yeah, and uh, and I also heard that he was also a fan. He had been a fan of of my books. So, uh, and since he likes working in Texas, and I wanted the the character to stay in Texas, it yeah. it was it was made for him. So we're kind of looking forward to that. Uh, to get the TV series going, you know, uh, MGM. And then also it got picked up by Apple TV to, uh, to start, uh, making the TV series on here. So production's on hold cause of COVID, right? That's yes. Yes. Definitely is. Okay. So, so fans, the, fans have the fans are looking forward to that. Uh, coming up pretty soon and they're going to start they're going to start getting together and uh after after the coven stuff dies down they're going to probably get together and probably start talking about doing a show in production and then it's, it's going to start coming out right it's going to be on on uh, apple yeah that's what I'm, we're all looking forward to that okay. and uh, so uh and also with the, the comic books trip you know going into i guess to tv nowadays and and especially to you know streaming television series uh, with the success right now of uh, Ben Dunn's Warrior Nun. Yeah. Uh, it is going very good. Uh, and 
Ben's a, also a good friend of mine. He and I go way back to, in the 80s uh, when he was uh, doing uh, Antarctic Press. And, uh, and he still is, you know. And and funny thing about that is that uh, Ben Dunn, uh, uh, you know, I live in, in Mesquite and Ben lives in Forney. And so we and we see each other at the grocery stores. <laughs> I did not know you you knew that guy. I I, I see his stuff everywhere. Uh, oh yeah, on yeah. Facebook and Twitter and stuff. I said, man, I I didn't I didn't you know till you mentioned it right now. I didn't even know that. So that's yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah. So and then uh, his his daughter just graduated from the same high school that uh, my daughter Sarah graduated. Wow, it was uh, John John Horn in in Mesquite. So. Uh, so there's 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 something for trivia. Yeah. So. <laughs> hey, um, yeah, so. I wanted I wanted to go back a little bit. Um, and I know you mentioned before you mentioned Hogarth and Ditko. Who's your your biggest influence in the comic industry that my, that got you going where where you're at right now? Well, my biggest influence was Will Eisner, who uh, did the Spirit. Okay, love his style. Uh, he had a knack for. Uh, storytelling without words. It was his art that that you could tell how the story flows, uh-huh. and and that's what I try to do with my artwork uh, when I do EGN. Um, and he, uh, I'm always a great admirer uh, of his of his spirit back in the 70s. I used to collect all the Warren books uh-huh. that were printed in black and white with Zipatone. Uh, uh, Zipatone is a padded dot way of coloring a black and white. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did with El Gato Negro back when I first debuted it. I used Zipatone. And, I, and back then I was known as the Zipatone King. <laughs> uh, but uh, I used to call that was my way of enhancing or photoshopping my black and whites. It was like texture stuff, right? It was like texture stuff? Yeah, it was texture stuff. And it took a lot of uh, exacto knives, twirling, yeah. and patience, you know, to, to do that, to try to capture the, the depth of the artwork at that time. You know, it's funny because as a kid, I do remember, I do remember seeing you do that a lot. Yeah. And like you were, you would, you would tell me like, Hey, stand back. I got to do this. And I do remember yeah. that. So. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I, I, I was very fortunate. Uh, well, not only that was Will Eisner, but it was Jack Kirby as well. Uh, who was known as the king of comics at that time, who created, who practically created the Marvel Universe at that time. I got a chance to meet both of these legends uh, in San Diego when I was out there trying to push El Gato Negro. Mm-hmm. I only had like a little, a little box of flyers, uh, you know, introducing my comic book. And it was back in 1992 yeah. that I attended my first uh San Diego Comic Book Convention. And I was introduced to, to Jack Kirby, and I gave him a flyer. He looked at it. He goes, you're going to do well, kid. You know? Yeah. And, and was very fortunate to get a picture of, of he and I as I was shaking his hand, and his, his wife, Ross, took the picture. You know? he's, he's already passed and, on, right? He's already passed on, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's uh, he, 
he passed uh, passed away back in the mid nineties. Wow. I don't know what exactly what what year, but uh, I was very fortunate to to meet him. And and that same year, um, I was introduced to Will Eisner. Who you know when I put out the book El Gato Negro, I I, I put it out, I dedicated the book to three uh, comic book giants at that time um, that made. Uh, a big influence to me. You know, one of them would be Will Leisner, the other one, Jack Kirby, and the other one was Bob Kane, the creator, the co-creator of Batman and at that time. And I finally got to meet Will Leisner that that evening, and um, the, the one who introduced me to him was Carlos Saldana, the, the creator of Burrito, and uh, who they, they two knew each other because they were a member of CAPS, a uh, organization of of cartoonists out there in the West Coast. And uh, when he uh, informed uh, Will Eisner that I created El Gato Negro and and dedicated the book to him, he was a little flattered. Uh, I made him blush at that time. And then uh, he told Carlos, my friend, he goes, you got a camera? I want to take a picture with this young man. (laughs) So, hey, Will Eisner wanted to take a picture with me. Man. that's that's awesome. So I got that. I got that photo there too. So, you know, two photos by with two legends in one day. Man, that, that was. Awesome. You should have right then. You should have. You should have went out and bought like a lotto ticket. That's what you should have done. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, at that time, if my luck was going real good. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, I wanted to ask you also. I mean, who? Who is the biggest influence outside of the comic industry in your life, and and how did it affect your life? I just wanted to ask you that question. And outside of comics, yep. Huh? Yeah, that is a good question. There, outside of comics, I would I would probably have to say. Uh, let's see. Uh, I figured I'd stump you on that one. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you did, you did. Because comic books was my life. Yeah. You know, and, and that's all I knew on there. Uh, I would have to, I would have to say my instructor, uh, uh, Bud Norton, mm-hmm. who truly believed in me. Uh, and uh, he sat me down many times in, in, in commercial art in the three years that I took that course uh, back in high school and he would lecture me, uh, verbally spank me and uh, drill uh, stuff in my head that uh, that uh, he would only tell me and not the other students. Uh, and I remember him telling me that he goes, uh, I don't want to let you go. Uh, I, you're good, Richard. Uh, you need to focus. You know, I guess I was being rebellious at that time. Mm-hmm. But uh, and he goes, I wish I had a classroom full of you. You know, that's flat. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It really is. And he goes, you just need to focus and and just pursue your goals. Focus on one thing, and and you will go far. So I said, well, just focus. I just focus on what I knew and what I 
I guess I was brought here on on God's green earth, and and, and that's to create create comics. I, I enjoy it. I really enjoy it. You know, it's, the ink is, runs in my blood, and uh, and there's nothing more that I enjoy more than just do it. You know, uh, and I spend a good good amount of time in in front of the drawing board. Uh, a lot in, um, and I will continue on to this day. You know, I don't know how old I'm going to be until I stop, but uh, I feel like I'm just, I'm just beginning. You know, so. Um, but he he played he played a good good influence in my life. Good there. He he believed in me, and he he's you know he didn't kick me, but you know he just you know with a mental kick in the head, uh, you know, pushed me forward. He, he, he introduced me to, to Bern Hogarth and he wanted to, and you know, when he, when he did, he, he, he would whisper to Bern and said, you know, that's the one I was telling you about. <laughs> so, <laughs> I said, ah, okay. So, but, um, and, and to this day, I still have his book on there, but, yeah, that would be. But even though it's still almost comic related, it was all. It was at the same time. It's almost outside. Because he was a teacher to you. Yeah, he was a teacher to me, and uh, he he was into comic books, but he wanted to do. He wanted me to pursue in in commercial art, which I did uh, for a while, a good long while. I was doing storyboards. Uh, to keep things afloat with my family, uh, mm-hmm. uh, I did storyboards that um, uh, that targeted the the Latino market, which is like one of the biggest you know markets in the world uh, globally, and uh, and I did that for a good uh, twenty twenty five years. Um. Uh, I was also going to ask. I was going to ask you because um, I know you pretty well. Draw. You're an artist. You're a writer. Uh, you're a creator. What element of your work that gives you the most satisfaction? Uh, it's the creating part. Uh, it's just coming to before it is born uh, to put it out in in pencil form and. Uh, yeah, it would be the creating part right there, is it? And and then then prior to execution and to pencils and inks and and there there you have it, you know. Yeah, yeah. it's the creating part, you know, knowing that you have the ability to create because uh, and tell the story because you're the storyteller first and then you're the artist. Um. Whenever, like, say, like, for example, you're in, you're, you're doing a project, whether it's uh, a legato negro or something else. What, what is your typical routine whenever you, whenever you're creating and you're doing the artwork, or, or if you're supervising or you have a project that you're doing? Well, I would do research, uh, research, you know, in libraries. Uh, prior to, like, for instance, I would give you a legato negro, for example, I would. I would uh, research on his base of operations. Where is he going to be at? You know, what's he need? What's going to What's going to be his Gotham City? His His metropolis? Uh, you know, 
his own New York City, you know. And I gave him something very unique. I said, hey, down in the valley. Uh, and the reason why I put the valley is because that's where my wife uh, is from. When I met her in North Texas, uh, back up in Dallas, she had, she tells me that she was from there uh, around the McAllen uh, Harlingen area. And that was a very unique. When I went down there to meet her family, I fell in love with the area. Uh, it was full of, it was rich with, with history, you know, it was, uh, the pleasant climate, uh, I, I, I fell in love with the area and I said, well, you know what, I'm going to base, you know, create a character based, uh, in this area here. Mm-hmm. So, and it was very unique. It was very uniquely done and it is different from any other, uh, comic book, uh, settings uh, there uh, but uh, although I do have uh, other people who's following that same path there mm-hmm. but uh, I you know they would know that I was the first to, to create that um, <laughs> I, was, I was also going to ask you um, what is because I know El Gato Negro is like like your, your big money I mean, not your big money but your your big um, creation. Um, but what is the most rewarding project that you've been worked on to date? I know uh, EGN is probably it, but I just wanted to ask you that and see what kind of answer you're going to give me. Well, I mean, uh, I've got other projects that I'm working on. Uh, I've got uh, Team Tejas, which is a, a group of mostly Latinos, a uh, group of super beings that is a government sponsored. A uh, group of, of super beings that's supposed to be in that first line of defense against terroristic attacks and, su- and superhuman domination. And uh, when I created that, I created that prior to EGN mm-hmm. because uh, EGN was a member. I, mean, I when I created Team Tejas, El Gato Negro was was originally one of the members on there, and in there and when I was creating each character individually I grew fond more of that particular character than the others so what I did was I put Team Tejas on the back burner and emphasized more on EGN and I pulled him out of there and made him his own individual uh, character and everything but when I was back in college back in the 80s I created another uh, uh, superhero with a, a uh, uh, Aztec, uh, mystical Aztec background to him. Uh, and that was uh, Tanatu, Tanatu the Sun God. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I created him back in, uh, it was 89, I think, yeah. And I was sketching him out there in college, but I couldn't give, I couldn't develop a good, uh, solid background for him. But I love the character, I love the design, and I just kept it, uh, you know, I guess in in frozen animation at that time. Yeah. Uh, until I I developed uh, EGN, and now I'm coming him, I'm bringing him out and let him thaw and develop the the character of him and have have uh, uh, a writer 
on there uh, by the name of Robert J. Dominguez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just want to tell you that, you know, that I'm super excited about that. And I, I'm like, a, I, I, I is a, it is an honor. I just want to want you to know it's an honor that, that you gave me that character to write. Cause I remember you drawing that character when I was a kid and yes. we used to always joke all the time. I used to always say, well, uh, Ace asked you what, what type of powers do you have? You go powers of the sun. <laughs> powers of the sun. <laughs> so you used to just tell me that all the time. And so when you asked me to write this story for you, and I go, Powers yeah. of the Sun? And you go, Yeah, Powers of the Sun. <laughs> so Powers of the Sun. Um and I'm I'm super excited about it and you know, people that know me know how excited I am about it because I'm uh, it's it's a challenge and it's something that I'm have always wanted to do. I've always wanted to be in comic books and you you know this more than anything. Uh it's just yeah. one of the main things that I'm I'm excited about it, and I I can't wait to finish. And I'm I'm going through. I'm I'm so nerdy about it right now. So I'm going over like over and over and over ideas and thoughts. And before I start writing it down, and I write it down on a piece of paper, and then I think about it, and then I write it on 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 sticky notes. I put it on the wall, and then I move stuff around, and I go, okay, if I do this, it it's gonna do this. And but uh, yeah, I'm really excited, and I I can't thank you enough. Oh man, because well, you know the brothers got to work together sometime. You know, so yeah. uh, they have they have the brothers Hernandez that does love, uh, love and Rockets. Yeah. Well, they're gonna have the brothers Dominguez. You know, so <laughs> to hopefully get uh, Tanatu the 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 Almighty uh, on the ground. Yes. Now Tanatu the Almighty is going to be something more like uh, uh, Shazam, uh, Firestorm, uh, Thor. Uh, and uh, uh, the new gods all yep, yep. rolled up, all rolled in one. Yeah, one in one burrito. So, right there, so. whenever, whenever, you, whenever, I guess, whenever you do make it in town, you know, I don't know if that's down the road, uh, but I do want to sit down with you and just talk about, you know, talk about other ideas and how I want it, you know, how we can just, um, uh, just come up with you know tie-ins and stuff like that but that's that's down the road we can we can talk about that later so um yeah sure sure um so one um because i know you've you've met with a lot of talented people like you know being in this field uh, and doing comic book conventions like you were saying before you, you probably run into a lot of people that just run up to you and say hey you know you know what do you think about my work or what do you think about this art or so you get all that um because I know you went to a lot of people. Because I've actually witnessed it with you, you know. Yeah. Comic book conventions. Yes. Um, what's the best advice that you could give to a promising new creator, or an artist, or a writer, or whatever? Well, the the best advice I give them was is to work at it first. You know, work at it hard, and work at it first on there. And uh, I'm a type of person that you know. Uh, I, I, before, you know, somebody will come up to me, can you review my, my, uh, portfolio? And I, and I forewarn him, you know, I said, I just want to let you know that I'm real tough. <laughs> so, but, uh, just, just to scare him a bit, you know, but, uh, I can, I look at, look at it and I can go, okay, I can tell you what you're doing wrong here, you know? So, but, uh, then again, 
I had that done to me many times. Uh, you know, going up there to the to the big wheels up there in the industry, they tore me up uh, and they tell me what I'm doing wrong, and and I focus on what I'm doing wrong, and to and I try to correct it. And when I do correct it, I I go to him again and they said, "Okay, you're getting there. Uh, just uh, keep going." And 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 I because I sometimes tell people, "Hey." You have no business to be in this business. They take it wrong, but uh, hey, they, they, I'm not going to lie to them. You know, I am not going to lie to them. You know, and 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 then someone else tells them later on. You know, hey, what are you doing? You know, uh, but uh, I I try my best to to be kind and, and to uh, tell them the truth uh, on there. And, and and as well as their writing skills, you know, I said, well, are, are you a writer? Goes, no, I'm just mostly of the artists on there. I said, well, if you can do a story, this would help your artwork flow on, on there, you know, because uh, you're the storyteller first and then you're the artist. And this was something that an old Disney animator once told me uh, who saw my artwork. And then he came up to me uh, and said, Walt Disney would have loved you. And I was like, oh, wow, man. Now that's flattering. <laughs> that's a compliment right there. You know? And his name was Tex Henson. He was an old Disney animator and, and the creator of Chippendale, uh, uh, who uh, I read, uh, who I used to uh, see in, in the comic book conventions. He's no longer with us, but uh, I, his advice still rings in my ears uh, on there. But uh, uh, when I review portfolios, that's what I do. Uh, and I see some of them that I, I would advise them to uh, take a look at the book that my instructor would give me. I would give them that same advice. Pick up Bernd Hogarth's book and hang on to it because it's going to be your Bible. So, <laughs> um. But uh, I'm also working on a new uh, graphic novel. It's the it's the El Gato Negro Nocturnal Warrior collection, uh -huh. and it's the collection of all my past uh, books that I've done. El Gato Negro issue number one through four, uh -huh. and and uh, not, uh, El Gato Negro Nocturnal Warrior uh, Legacy Book One and Legacy Book Two which is like the first nine pages. It's unfinished and unpublished uh -huh. and some other special features in there. And it came up and come all that compiled in one book. Um, and it's in like a total of, uh, over 160 pages. Wow. That's, that's impressive. I'm, I can't wait till that comes out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have that done uh, through Amazon. Okay. Uh, Kindle. And uh, it's going to be like about a 10 by 7 paperback. And uh, uh, value uh, was the uh, ISBN number of, uh, of $20 there. So, uh, it, and it's a steal right there. That's a steal right there. So, yeah. All right. And uh, hopefully they, they get that. Uh, I'm at the finishing stages of that. And then I'm working on another uh, uh graphic novel which is El Gato Negro uh, Nocturnal Warrior the graphic novel 
number zero. And uh, it's an all-new story, and it's, the, it's one story which is like, it's equivalent as the first collection book. It's going to be like about 120 pages plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's going to be one story where it's introducing a new character in there, uh, a, new, a new villain, and, uh, and it's going to have uh, uh, cameos of a good amount of a other uh, comic book superheroes that are from the in, uh, in the comic book industry, uh, all the, mostly about the independent. But uh, that one, that book, will hopefully, to be pulled out by twenty twenty one. Okay. Um, I think I was just going to say I think you are our first non Bigfoot paranormal guest to have to be on the show. Oh wow! Yeah, uh, I I feel I feel honored, you know. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, so. <laughs> so. Uh, even though even though I haven't experienced that, or you know, I he he didn't tap on my window. Yeah. But, you know, I, I I I've been listening to some some other Bigfoot stories. Uh, I've heard of one that there was one Bigfoot who was known to have a smirk on his face. I don't know if you you heard that one. Uh, uh, not not particular, not about a smirk, but I I'm not surprised. <laughs> so, well, you know, they, they, they said that it, it, he must have been in some accident where it it damaged his face. Yeah, and uh, when he smiled, it would it would look like he had a smirk. Was this you know? Was this on Bigfoot Outlaw Radio? The one you the one you sent me? I believe I believe so. I believe so. See, and, I I, yeah. I just did a podcast on. Two podcasts ago called Bigfoot Magazine. And remember when you helped me do the, the logo for that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just did a podcast on that and um yeah, you you're the you're the first one that I'm actually gonna post. Uh I actually did a section with with mom. I actually did a a, a podcast with mom. Um Oh really? Yeah, I did one with her because like we talked about um we talked about cause she had she had a Bigfoot experience in 1957 that she didn't know about. She was telling me the story like a while back, and she was telling me that she went to Indiana Harbor with a Papa and Dil Jesse and uh, and Tia Mary, and they were they were picking broccoli and parsley, and they got chased out of this area off in Indiana Harbor by something that was screaming. And shaking like uh, trees and cornstalk, and, and they were all yelling. It was also also, and they all ran out. It was like early in the morning, like four o'clock in the morning. And I told I told wow. mom, I told mom I said, "Mom, bears don't do that." <laughs> so, so I told her she she had a bigfoot incident, and so and then she had another story about um about a goat man over by Lake Worth in Fort Worth when her and dad went to some went some dance hall. And there was a, a goat man sighting, and a lot of people were running out of the dance hall. And so she's got that, and then she's got some stories about um, her great her great grandfather and how he had some paranormal stuff over by um, what's that town, mining town in Texas? Uh, can't think of it. Uh, it, uh, dude, it was called. Uh, oh man, Malakoff. Uh, Malakoff, yeah, yeah Malakoff, so. Texas. So she's got some stories on that. So I haven't published that one yet. I haven't posted it. I still have to. I have to edit a lot of it out. Oh man, dude, you just you just made the hairs in the back of my neck. 
understand this. Yeah. <laughs> How would if someone's a, a fan of uh, El Gato Negro and they want they want a comic book or they they want some kind of material from you how, how what's the best way to go about getting it or reaching out to you or they they can contact or or uh, uh they can contact me through facebook or they can go to my store which is uh store com. okay uh, azteca productions uh dot store com. i'll um Whenever, whenever we get off, I'll post it on. Whenever I post the podcast, I'll post all your links on it. Well, good deal. Um, we're about about an hour in. Um, so you I, it's been that long? Yeah, it's been fifty-seven minutes. So wow. Um, we could we could stop here if you want. I mean, we can. Um, well, if you got more questions, you know, me, you know. No, I think uh, I I think I hit them all. I mean, we we hit them all. I was um I had like I had ten questions, but I think you know whenever you were talking about you know uh, creative and all that stuff, it kind of it hit on some of the questions. I said, okay, I just x that question out. So you already you you already got to it. So already, but um, do you have you have any shout outs you got into anybody or? Oh, I just want to say hello to uh, my good friend Mark Stokes, uh, the creator of Zombie Boy. Mm-hmm. Out there, uh, and uh, let me see. Oh, there, Ben Dunn, mm-hmm. uh, who is uh, the creator of uh, Warrior Nun. We're looking at his uh, TV series on Netflix, and then uh, hopefully that uh, uh, we'll be able to all sit down at a watching party once once uh, El Gato Nero gets on uh, Apple TV. I'm excited about that. I, I don't know how you, yeah. I'm so excited about that. So, but, uh, but man, Hey, thank you for doing the show for me, man. I really, really appreciate it. Um, it's going to be on this Sunday. So, uh, I'm going to post it, uh, probably Saturday night or Sunday morning. And, um, so I just want you to know, thank you so much for doing it. And, um, but, uh, whenever, whenever you get more stuff, like more stuff to send out, man, you're, you're more welcome to come back on and pitch it and, uh, you know, Oh, this was fun, bro. This was fun. Thank you, man. I hope, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. I did. You know, so. I did. I'm, yeah. But anyway, um, but give give the love to the kids for me. Tell tell Olga I love her, and I'll see I'll see you soon. Okay. Okay. Right. We'll do. I'll talk to you later. Thanks. Bye. All right. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> I must bid you adieu, and so, goodbye, and good night, bye!